Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flash, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hi, Pastor Joel. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. How are you? <laughs> I am excited and thrilled to be a part of today's podcast. Yes. Today's another topic to introduce, right? Yeah, absolutely. So a little, an interesting topic, I think. Yeah, what I we're going to be so talking too. about today is a mystery versus puzzle. Hmm. So why are we talking about this topic? Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear some background about it. Let me just say first, first of all, this sounds like something different. It doesn't seem like people have been directly hurt by it, by these, by this concept, um, like drinking and smoking and church attendance and things like that. This sounds different. So could you kind of explain the background and why we're talking about it? Yeah, that's a great point. Cause we're actually introducing a concept or two concepts here really that have caused damage in the church that have hurt people without them knowing they've been hurt by this information Ooh. or maybe having been hurt by being ignorant of this information. Nice. So this episode is going to be different than what we normally do because it's going to actually be introducing some concepts people aren't normally familiar with before we can explain why there's damage in this area as well. So it is kind of complex, but I think what we'll really get to is people will start seeing how mystery and puzzle, these concepts have really played a big part in our understanding of who God is and what his will is and the damage that's been done over teaching and embracing the wrong views of those foundational topics. So, so some background in the times of the old Testament. That's oh, my, that's, uh, the, that's when the music starts. That's in the, yeah. Should be old <laughs> Testament music starting, whatever that the is. Old Testament music in the, <laughs> of the old Testament. Seriously, though, there. Okay, so Old Testament times, there was doctrinal knowledge and understanding that was kept from human beings. Now, once the Holy Spirit was made available to all on Pentecost, we do have the ability to know and understand this doctrine that was once hidden. So, when the New Testament used the word mystery. It stated we ought to know these mysteries if we are believers. The mystery has been revealed. Mm. This episode is going to help us understand what a mystery is. And similar to the fellowship versus relationship, or if you a little call back to season two, apologies versus confession. Nice. We'll have another fight to the finish between two concepts. <laughs> a battle royale. Yeah, a battle royale. Mystery versus puzzle. By really, we're going to go in depth in what a mystery is, but one of the things we'll be doing to understand it more is by comparing and contrasting it to a puzzle. Nice. 
Okay, so we have a, there's a mystery, there is a puzzle, we're going to pull these apart. Yes. Awesome. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church, Pastor Joel, even maybe without them knowing it? Right. So let's break down what a puzzle and a mystery is, and we'll start seeing how, what that, what the conflict is here. Nice. So first the puzzle is, or a puzzle begins with a finite number of solutions that decrease as we get more information. For instance, just think of a jigsaw puzzle. Nice. The more pieces of the puzzle you get, the clearer the picture becomes. A mystery similarly begins with a finite number of solutions. However, the solutions increase as we get in as we get more information until we get all the information. And then what you're left with is only one possible solution. Here I like to think of a murder mystery or like uh, a who, like a who done it, right? Yeah. So what you watch this two hour movie and probably around the half hour mark after the murder has been done and the detective comes in and starts trying to solve this mystery. We all think we know who did it yet. As the movie continues and the more information we get, the further away we feel like we are from the right answer. We think we know as we get more information, but until we get the right information, we don't know what the answer is to the whodunit. So what a miss, so a, a puzzle sees information. Basically it's like all information is created equally where a mystery, there are different levels of importance of the information that's available for us to learn. And until we get the right information, and all of the right information, the mystery won't be revealed. So really a puzzle is any information, treats mm. all information as the same worth. Nice. Every piece on that jigsaw puzzle is worth the same as every other piece. Nice. A mystery, the right information is needed. All of the right information is needed. So really some information is worth more than others. So the conflict here and really the big issue in the church is that the church believes that God and his will is a puzzle that we have to work out, but it's not, it's not a puzzle. It's a mystery. <laughs> so that's really the conflict here is we are treating a mystery like a puzzle. Man, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, how does this impact the church pastor joel this this concept of of mysteries and puzzles so what happens is is that usually we present the topic and there is a strict side and then there's a loose side right that they respond to both the church has this information whether they know it or not and then they respond yep. differently so will you help us see the strict perspective on this topic Right. So this will actually show us me being able to explain this strict side will show us how the church has been impacted by these concepts without it, without it even knowing is there is an impact that's happening. So what's happening is a lot of effort is being put into getting more information. These people who think that getting more information is the point 
these people think a life spent getting that information is the same as doing God's will. So like reading your Bible, reading your Bible proves Mm. you're a Christian, right? But is reading your Bible the same as doing God's will? Is learning about God the same as doing God's will? So worse, since God and his will is a mystery and not a puzzle, the number of solutions grows as we increase our knowledge and results in denominations. Wow. So how many denominations of Christianity are there, Pastor Jonathan? Oh, thousands. Right. So see how we've treated all information as equally. Yeah. Well, that ends up leading to people having certain biases over what they think is more important than other information. Mm. Because nobody can actually identify what is the most. We haven't agreed on what is the most important information. What is the right information that we need? So we all just disagree over these puzzle pieces over which one is this corner piece more important than that corner piece. Mm. I say it is. So I create this denomination over here. You say this piece is more important. So you create that denomination over there. It's a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Everybody thinks one piece is more important than the other, but none Mm. of them are more important than the other. And none of them are actually representing what Christianity actually is. Wow. So the only explanation for how a religion can begin with truth, like we know Christianity was, right? The only way it can begin with truth and end up with thousands of explanations is we are dealing with a mystery, but the people think it's a puzzle. Whether they're aware of it or would use these terminologies or not, that's what's happening. They're treating a mystery like it's a puzzle. This strict perspective would be these people telling you to keep reading your Bible. Okay. That's what this looks like. Keep reading it. But read what? No, just read it. Which book? Doesn't matter. What about the meaning of the word? Just read. Let's connect over the word of God. At what level? Doesn't matter. Just read. Just read. Just read. That right there is a puzzle perspective where it's like, it's just treating this information you get from reading the Bible like that's good enough. Like that's going to actually help me understand God and his will better. So that strict side tells us to keep reading the Bible and that God is a mystery that we can't know. Oh, which is actually contradictory in and of itself like why would i study something that i can't know so the strict side they really can't support their belief with scripture the word Mm -hmm. mystery the word mystery is in the bible yet the proof that they're treating it like a puzzle that still needs to be solved is the the bible every time in the new testament (laughs) that it talks about a mystery it refers to how it's been revealed So that's why they can't really use the scriptures to support this belief that read, 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 you'll learn, 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 but God's a mystery because the mystery has been revealed and the Bible says so. Like for instance, Mark 4, 11 says, and he said unto them, unto you, it is given to know the mystery, to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. 
Romans 11.25, Romans 16.25, 1 Corinthians 15.51, Ephesians 1.9, etc., etc. There are all these mystery verses that explain how it has been revealed to believers. So the big thing to remember here is believers ought to know the mystery. Because all the information that we need in order to understand that mystery has been given to us. And the mystery is not attained with human effort or knowledge. The mystery is revealed through this doctrine that God has revealed to us via the spirit of truth, the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit that is now available to us, to everybody since Pentecost who guides us into all truth, not guides us into all knowledge, not guides us into all understanding, guides us into all truth. So there's some unlumping of those words as well. Yeah, knowledge, we'll definitely need to do that. understanding, and truth. Yeah. So if you were to talk to someone who held this strict perspective, treating Uh, a belief in God, treating their faith, their walk as if it's an accumulation of puzzle pieces and they can't know the mystery. And you also as well can't know the mystery, right? How would you, how would you interact with them? Well, I could just simply ask the person, doesn't the Bible say, or Hey, what does the Bible say about a mystery? Like, doesn't the Bible say that believers should understand the mystery? Hmm. And here's one. How, how's this? Has learning more information and accumulation of these puzzle pieces caused you to become more or less confident in your faith or in your salvation? So what happens? People get this information, information, information. It distracts us from the real cause of what we should be going towards. And it actually lowers the confidence we have in what we believe. And even in our salvation, I think of this, has WebMD been a benefit to people figuring out, diagnosing their physical illnesses? Oh, that's such a good analogy, right? What we're talking about, because it is putting people into fear. It is. I look up a symptom and number one. You know, I have a stomach ache, and one of the options is cancer. Cancer. Because <laughs> you know what? Because the guy with cancer once had a stomach ache. Yes, he did. So then there you go. You're flipping causality, treating effects like causes, which is the issue here, right? Is really a mystery needs the right information. It needs the doctrine. It needs the causal principles. Mm. So I, I do, I see a puzzle like this, the strict side is basically it's search engines. Like has having access, unmitigated access to all the information that we have access to actually helped Christians be more firm in their beliefs? Wow. Or has it actually caused Christians to have to rationalize how creation even happened? by fitting and squeezing in the evolutionary teachings within that, all the, all the information we have has made people more confused as we go on. Wow. Not less confused. 
It's a search engine mentality is this puzzle idea. Or in a puzzle's not bad. The issue is treating a mystery like it's a puzzle. So really about, yeah. you know, dealing with people on this side, it's really, you know, it's like, that could be a question I'd ask. Like, hey, does you, does you having access to WebMD mean you're the same as the doctor, the diagnostician who works in the hospital, who actually can find out the intangible causes behind what you're, what you're sick with? Or do you just Google this stuff, go to WebMD, type in your symptoms, and you're treating these symptoms like a cause? That's the issue here. Has that helped you? And really, the questions about, I mean, doesn't the Bible say the believers should understand the mystery is just a, that one is, I literally had a conversation with a pastor three weeks ago mm-hmm. about this exact topic. Yep. And all I had to do to, end the conversation was asked the question doesn't the bible say that the mystery has been revealed to believers and the guy just wanted to change the subject and i let him so my point wasn't to try to nail him to the wall it's just to help him see there's a contradiction here and now let's move past this so we can actually have a profitable discussion very cool man this is great pastor joel I want to summarize the strict perspective. The church believes those people who hold the strict perspective believe and teach that God and his will is a mystery. And we need to study and learn more before we can explain it. Yeah. So it's an, uh, I need to read my Bible. I need to Google answers. I need to accumulate all of these pieces and then enough of those pieces will equate to me being able to explain the mystery right they treat a mystery like it's a puzzle while also saying you can't know the mystery awesome well let's go ahead and take a call from pastor richard tater Hey, Pastor Dick, welcome to the show. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. This is, in fact, the Pastor Rich Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. Woo-wee! I gotta say, Pastor Joel, I wish I had invited you to speak at the church when I was in Texas. You would have cleared a lot of misunderstandings right up, young man. What? When were you in Texas, Pastor? Oh, Pastor Joel, don't you, don't you know when you are speaking to a Texas boy? I was born and raised in the greatest state in the Republic of Texas. Well, Pastor, one thing you'll learn about me, I am not good with accents. What were the misunderstandings? Doctrine. Young man, when I was an associate pastor in a very large church in the greatest state in the world, Texas, I would have arguments with all the leaders over God's will. Uh, uh, did it? Did God want us to build a bigger church? Did God want us to increase the missionary budget? Oh, come on. I would focus on God and then be able to answer all of the questions. Well, what's wrong with that? 
Well, some of those leaders will get upset because they couldn't answer the questions and then get upset that I could explain God's doctrine. They would say, God reveals things in his timing. And I would say the mystery has been revealed. God wants us to know his will. Isn't it our responsibility to show God when we are ready? Well, it does sound like you were saying they weren't ready to hear from God, and you were, Pastor Dick. They treated God's will like a puzzle, like y'all were saying, and they couldn't make a decision. I treated God's will like a mystery we already know, and I could explain my decision. That's when they began attacking me. I'm sorry this turned into such a long call, y'all. Uh, thank you both for letting me share this. I will hang up and listen. This was my favorite podcast. Too late. God bless. Awesome call, Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. What a guy. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate the call. Pastor Joel, I wonder how long he's been in Alabama for. Woo, he is right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we got a Texas pastor here on our on our hands. It was a great call, Pastor Tater. Yeah, I'm I'm loving learning more about his background, and uh, I guess Texas played a big part in it. So it sounds like though what he what he does is he definitely is adding more information that we need to clear this topic up. It sounds like Pastor Tater always took a step back into God's truth. Hmm. And then look to explain God's doctrine, which resulted in less contradictions in his beliefs and in his teachings. So he could actually explain his answer well enough that people couldn't argue with them. Hmm. So what do they do? They focused on attacking him. And he proved again that really a puzzle is just information for the sake of information. It's just pieces where a mystery is the right information, the doctrine. So what I like to explain is like the three dimensions of reading the Bible. There's three levels or three dimensions we can experience while we're reading it. There's what you read. That's the scriptures, the words on page. There's the specific meaning behind what you're reading in the context of whatever it is you're reading. And then there's the doctrine. The third level is the doctrine, which is the principles that are true regardless of what you're reading. So with Pastor Tater here, he has doctrine, hmm. which makes everything else make sense then. When you have doctrine, the context of the Bible and the what of the words of the Bible makes sense. And really, you can see doctrine is like at the top of a mountain. And the what's or the knowledge, just the plain puzzle pieces information is at the bottom. If I start at the top, the entire mountain below me is going to make sense. If I start at the bottom, at the what, at the effects, at the knowledge, I'll struggle to even make it halfway up the mountain. Just trying to understand the why, the specific context of the Bible. So if I'm a pastor with lots of experience, so I'm starting to understand what's going on with Pastor Tater's history here. 
if I'm a pastor with lots of experience and I still only have the knowledge or the what of the Bible, maybe a few whys, but I don't have any or any doctrine or the doctrine I do have is bad. When I look at somebody who does have doctrine, the right doctrine, mm-hmm. especially a young pastor, mm-hmm. it's going to feel to me like they're looking down at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to feel threatened by that guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Pastor Tater was experiencing in Texas. He had doctrine. These more veteran pastors didn't. And they were threatened by him and even felt like he was looking down on them. Nice. So can you give us kind of a, 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 a refresher, maybe like looking back at a previous topic to basically go, here's what this, this, what looks like, here's what the understanding is. And here's the doctrine behind it. Or because you talked about this, you know, people have the, people have the scripture memorized, you know, the scripture right. memorized. And then maybe sometimes they can explain why that's important in a certain context. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like they can apply it and then they have the doctrine covers everything. Do you have any like quick examples? Yeah. Let's just do Adam and Eve. Right. So the Bible states it's not good that man should be alone. That's a what? The Bible states that. Mm Mm-hmm. The why is, well, Adam was alone and God saw him and realized it's not good. Adam's not going to be able to create anything on his own. So he created Eve. And so we could see even the specific context is it's not good that what we see is it's not good that man should be alone. The context is Adam and then God creates a wife for him. That would be the specific meaning or context behind that Mm. statement. Mm. But does that apply to everybody? Is that true for everybody? Eh, I mean, because at that level, we can still see there's contradictions throughout scripture. If I, if I take that verse and say, well, then every man needs a wife. It contradicts what Paul says, where he's like, I'd rather you all be like me. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's good. So it works only in one specific context. The doctrine of the it's not good that man should be alone is that isolation is bad. And that I can't create anything on my own. So there's really the two sides of that where I could I could see two different doctrine going on here. Because what is true throughout scripture, regardless of what you're reading, regardless of the context of what you're reading is isolation is bad. Married, single man, woman, doesn't matter. What is true throughout scripture, regardless of the context, regardless of what is said in order to create more, in order for there to be good, I need to be with a community. I need to be with more people. There needs to be agreement. It's not good that man should be alone. He can't create anything alone. That's true regardless of what I read, regardless if I'm married, single, man, woman, child, adult. That's the doctrine. When I have that doctrine, 
it makes all the context and all the what of the scriptures that I'm reading just fall into place and make sense. And that doctrine is key to the mystery being revealed. Once I have these key doctrinal points of Christianity, I understand who God is. I understand his will. I understand salvation. I understand what man is. I understand how that all plays. Like basically I understand the episodes we've covered before. Awesome. And seasons one and season two have really set this foundational perspective of what, what's fundamental Christianity, right? Take direction from God which means I have to understand who he is, how he speaks and how I can obey his word and then confess and repent when I don't, which means I need to know how do I repair the things and how do I continue to grow in this sanctification? When I understand those key doctrine, the rest of the scriptures just start coming into high definition. If I start at the scriptural level at the what, takes a lot of work to get to that mountain to actually finally be able to understand what are the things we really need to know? What's the key right information that I really need to know in, under, in, in order to be, to be able to understand this mystery? Because the mystery has been revealed means it is accessible for anybody to understand but we know not everybody understands it. So it does still take some work for me, not with human effort, but via the Holy spirit for me to understand and have access to this wisdom, this truth that he has given us, but doctrine's the key here. So that would be an example of the, what, you know, what the Bible says, the context and the doctrine. I, I love the Adam and Eve example. That was awesome. That was a great explanation for that i think that's going to really bring a lot of clarity yeah. and as a refresher of hey this isn't when we say the the doctrine and then the the context and the the knowledge and what the scriptures say i actually think it's a lot more simple than it sounds yeah when, it is. when we when we kind of present that so thank you pastor joel that was awesome now let's go to the other side of the argument Let's talk about the loose side. If the strict side is study, 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 although you can't know the mystery, the loose side is you can't know the mystery, just embrace it. So they're not telling you to even study. They're not telling you to accumulate information. They're just saying it is a mystery. So that's where it's like the strict side. The difference is they're just saying embrace it almost like they wouldn't want to know even if they could because and, and maybe maybe the reason for that is when you have these answers it is followed by this tension of the responsibility of these answers so with this side the loose side is very much about um, eliminating the tension of my life so with this embrace the mystery it's taught in a way that's supposed to bring compassion and encouragement to believers mm. like this. Hey, Pastor Jonathan, I know you're depressed and struggling. You know, it's just a mystery we have to embrace. And when you embrace the fact that you're depressed and 
a sinner and depraved, then you'll experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So these statements like that, that I just mm. made to you, mm-hmm. I've heard in the church. Yep, me too. Embrace the mystery. And they're like, as if embracing the fact that we can't know these things brings comfort to us. Well, how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, people are dealing with mental health issues. Like I hypothetically was saying to you, you're depressed and struggling. It's like, yep. there are people really dealing with these issues and they're told to embrace the mystery. Like we can't explain it just, and then just give it to God. So people are reaching out for help and they're being negated by being told there's nothing that can be done. And that if they just embrace the struggles that they're dealing with, then they'll have peace. Then they'll feel the joy of the Lord. Hmm. But really these people are being encouraged to be unbelievers. They're being encouraged to embrace a mystery that the scriptures say and prove has been revealed to believers. So these people are really, it would be like me saying, let's do that whole hypothetical again. You know, Pastor Jonathan, I know you're depressed and struggling. It's a mystery. And since you don't know it, I guess you can just have comfort in the fact that you aren't a believer. (laughs) It's really what's being said. So that's how people are being hurt. Especially the people reaching out for help. They're being negated. Their problems aren't being fixed. There's no repair in these people's lives. And they're being taught to handle these things the way an unbeliever does. Wow. So how would you handle an interaction with someone who held this loose perspective? I'd ask them some questions. I'd ask, does God want me depressed? Hmm. Especially if I'm the one struggling and these are the answers I'm getting. I could ask that person, do you feel peace from God when you're dealing with mental or emotional issues? Do you think these statements you're sharing with me are actually helping me? I mean, what if, what would you think if I, if I'm helping you and I just said, well, just embrace the injustice that you're experiencing. If somebody takes something from you and you're upset about it. And my response is just embrace the fact that you experienced an injustice. Does that help? Hmm. So those would be some questions I'd ask. And I think it'd be hard to answer those questions without being massively unsettled with the way I'm trying to help people. Yeah. I mean, what do you think the, these, these people are doing that are given these, you know, give it to God answers. It seems to me like they don't want people to fight God or they want people to follow God. You know, like they have, it seems like that's a, to come alongside of someone emotionally, but I, at the same time, I don't, I don't really feel like that's, that's helping people. Like, I feel like when you said for someone to, to say, give it to God, or we can't explain it, or, you know, it's embrace the mystery is like, just please don't fight God or blame God. 
Yeah, maybe that would be a, maybe a positive swing on it. You know, they're just trying to help you not not charge God for this offense of what you're dealing with. It's just something we have to deal with. The implication is, though, still that it's God's fault. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, this is all based on a feeling. Yeah. I think people give this advice because it's the advice they've been given. Mm. And it's the only way they've felt any momentary reprieve from the tension in their life is when they give up complete responsibility over their lives and say, it must not be my fault. So there is a momentary feeling of comfort in that. The same is when a little kid blames somebody else for something they've done wrong. Nice. In that moment, that kid feels the tension off of them momentarily. Why do we do that? Because we want the blame off of us and to put it on other people. This is no different. It's a mystery is basically saying it's not your fault. You can't, you can't know it. Yep. So it's not your fault. Right. Ooh, with, and when something happens to be our fault that we're saying it's not, that's where depression happens. Yeah. That's a contradiction, right? And, yep. and the, the, the bigger the area where that contradiction in our lives lies, the more mental health issues we have and depression as a result. So, and why it's so damaging in the church is these are foundational beliefs to people's worldview. Yeah. And we talked about this in the God's nature series is like, you can't get away from defining who God is and how he works. Even an atheist needs to account for God and their belief. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about God and his will being a mystery, that is a huge area in every human being's life that is going to determine the way they look at the world, whether they're a believer or not. So that summarizes the, the loose and the strict side of this perspective. And this is definitely impacting the church. Yeah. So when you see this going on, Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? I see three categories of people. The first category are the people that I feel sorry for. These are people who believe and even teach that God and his will can't be easily understood. And these people even attack and negate people who are trying to teach the doctrine of God. That's happened to me. What do we got to do to get Pastor Joel to not talk about doctrine as much? It's like it's these people on this, this side who are this far down this path of it's a mystery we can't know are very threatened by people who are confident in what they believe in are teaching God's doctrine. Mm. But these people are on their way to becoming depressed if they're not already. And they're on their way to putting a stumbling block in front of other believers if they haven't already. And even non-believers, I mean, even people who are seeking the truth. And we feel bad for these people. Yeah. Because the path they're on is one that's going to lead to a lot of darkness and is going to lead to depression and, and it's taken people off course. There's the, the second category. These are people, I understand why they're doing what they do. I understand why they leave or why they teach what they teach or why they even maybe don't teach anything or why they even leave the church. I mean, these are people who leave the church due 
to these destructive answers. Probably people who've been told after dealing with some trauma that it's a mystery that can't be re, that can't be understood we just give it to god that it's making them worse that these answers aren't helping and bigger than that these people realize that god wants them to understand who he is and what his will is even if they currently don't have those answers just because i don't have the answer doesn't mean there isn't one mm. Where these people that we understand kind of have the mentality of there must be an answer, but the church sure hasn't given it to me. I understand why these people leave the church and why these people aren't evangelizing for the church. Because they've been hurt. But they're strong enough to know, I got to get out of this abusive relationship. Nice, yeah. I mean, we think of somebody who's been in a spousal abusive marriage yep. who leaves that relationship as somebody who is strong to leave, right? It is very, very courageous. It takes a very courageous person to do that. How many pastors look at people who've been hurt by church leaving the church as if it's somebody who had made a really strong decision? <laughs> right? Oh, man three <laughs> right three <laughs> pastors we can count them three i know yep then there's the group where we are impressed with i'm impressed with the people who pursue god's truth who pursue his doctrine not that they have all of it and i'll tell you me and pastor jonathan are never claiming we have all the answers we are claiming that we don't have all the answers don't. Yes. <laughs> And that's been something I've seen happen too. There's been this abuse of, because I do have a lot of God's doctrine, people have, a, people have accused me of or projected onto me that I think I have all the answers. No. We Just share, because, yeah, we share the similar church damage that way, Pastor Joel. Yeah, we do. So I, I really am impressed with people who pursue this because it is a journey of discomfort. And these people may not even understand God's nature. They may not understand his ultimate will, but they are pursuing it. The desire for those answers is greater than the discomfort they experience on the journey of getting them. And these people recognize the failures of the church do not reflect God. And these people are open to considering other perspectives than what they currently believe, including challenging their very deeply held beliefs that maybe they're wrong so those are the three categories in this in this topic awesome and with that said pastor joel what is the ultimate answer i'm chomping at the bit as always the ultimate answer christianity is a mystery that has been revealed to believers there you go that's both sides. That's, that is the answer, the ultimate answer. So let's flush this out a little bit more. And I'll even, I'll even explain to you how the Bible declares what the mystery is that has been revealed. Nice. But go back to the whodunit example, like a mm -hmm. murder mystery. Mm -hmm. We can see, again, the difference between a puzzle versus a mystery. And we'll see why the mystery wins in a knockout punch. Not that a puzzle's bad, but when we treat a mystery like it's a puzzle, man, 
we forfeit the fight. Nice. But if you have this murder mystery, there is a puzzle happening in the story. For instance, the puzzle would simply be the person who was murdered, how they died, you know, or what happened. They were poisoned. These are tangible or physical evidence they go through to diagnose what was the cause of death. The what and the why, that's it. It is in the, in the tangible why, meaning this, the person died is what? Of poison is why. But the poison is still a physical attribute. It's a physical cause. That's a puzzle. Hmm. A mystery is intangible, an intangible cause. Meaning this, what's the key piece of information that you need in order for you to solve the mystery and figure out who done it? Once you have the motive of the person who was the murderer, everything falls into place. Nice. And the motive or why that person made that decision is an intangible cause. You can't see it. And you can't figure out the motive of the murderer by just looking at the physical evidence. It's a piece of information that isn't visible to our eyes that the more I sit and study the, cr- the scene of the crime, it doesn't make itself evident. Ah, I can't look at the, the butler with a candlestick over right. and over and over again to discover the motive of the murderer. Exactly. Nice. And if I treat it as such, I'm just going to get frustrated and confused. So a puzzle starts with what happened or what period and tries to get to the context or to the cause, the physical cause. The mystery starts with the how, really, the manner in which something happened, the intangible cause, and the why and the what become obvious as an effect. So with Christianity, God and his will are revealed through doctrine. These intangible causes, these intangible principles that if I'm just reading my Bible, treating it like knowledge, just like a fact over and over and over again, is never going to be revealed through that means. So Christianity is a mystery that has been revealed to believers because we have the Holy Spirit who guides us into that doctrine of God, that truth. So what is the mystery? Well, when I have God's doctrine, I can see in the Bible that God's plan is infiltration. God has made it possible for people to be like Jesus by us having the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. So grace and salvation is available to all. This is the mystery that's been revealed. Hmm. What's this infiltration look like? The Holy Spirit is infiltrating us, and we are infiltrating the spiritual realm on earth through the Holy Spirit's indwelling. 
which has which has led to this the mystery really that paul reveals in his letter to the ephesians is that grace and salvation is available to all not just jew only but also to the gentile to all people with the purpose being that all believers make up one body in eternity the bride the mystery is able to be understood by all because everyone is able to choose to have the Holy Spirit dwell within themselves. So God can only bring about his will by flowing through people via grace. Please watch or listen to the grace episode if you need to. Mm -hmm. The people who are doing this are believers. They are those who are saved by grace through faith. And God is able to give his spirit to all people because of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. So Jesus paved the way for us to have access to the spirit of the father that gives us the information we need for this all to make sense. So notice the doctrine that gets fine-tuned when you have the right information the mystery being revealed, we understand God's nature. We understand salvation, grace, faith, the gospel at a high definition level. So ultimately with the mystery being revealed, the key things I would want people to walk away with, with this episode is there are three levels of information, three dimensions of, of, of what we can experience when we're reading the Bible. And they're not all created equally. God's doctrine, the ultimate level, is what is true throughout the scriptures that doesn't contradict anywhere else. And that is true for every person. This is how we apply the word of God to our lives today is by God's doctrine. And so it was it it that doctrine or that truth was evident in everything that we read is evident in our lives and will be evident for all of eternity. Yes. That's a great way to say it. What is that? That information is the most important information in the Bible. It's that information that was true when it was written is true today and will be true for eternity. Isolation's bad. Yeah. There wasn't a moment of existence where that wasn't true. Nice. But eating, eating pork. That is not a doctrine, uh-huh. right? There were times yeah. where, you know, depending on the situation, you uh-huh. could or couldn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that would be contextual. There was a specific meaning behind why you couldn't eat that at a specific time period. Nice. So yeah, God's doctrine, getting down to that bedrock foundational information is the key to us having this mystery having been revealed. And really, God's doctrine paired with an indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. That's what this is all about. And it's the God's doctrine that helps us have a grid for what that influence from the Holy Spirit is like and how we can allow that Holy Spirit to work through us to impact the world. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been awesome. This has been What the Flock, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.